It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's back to work for the Commanders. The most important date of the Commanders' existence looms. And who are the top three, according to PFF? That's all coming up next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome you in, Commanders fans. Good to have you with us on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are your daily podcast, of course, the only one that we know of, uh, major, uh, covering the Washington Commanders free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. I'm Chris Russell. One half of the Russell and Medhurst radio show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Find me and Pete Medhurst there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time or any time available uh, for download via the podcast and or on the Odyssey Rewind feature where you can listen live at any point or on Rewind, of course. Uh, again, on the Odyssey app, which is where you can find this particular podcast, the Locked On Commanders podcast. My partner, David Harrison, is covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. He'll return on the next episode when we're not here or there or somewhere else. Usually. We're on Twitter at DHarrison82 uh, for David at Russellmania621 for me and at LO Commanders for the show. Thanks again for making the Lock On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view on YouTube of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props this season, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. Okay, so we're going to open up with wishing uh, that you had a very happy, uh, a very healthy weekend um, and a good weekend. Um, David is not here, and as you may know, he served an entire career before joining the Locked On Podcast uh, Network and other outlets uh, in the United States Army. He deserves Monday, as I'm recording this, on Memorial Day off and many more days as part of his sacrifice. He'll return with us again on the next episode. Um, others were not as fortunate, uh, of course, as, as David, uh, and, and we honor them and realize and recognize that they paid the ultimate sacrifice. So that we can do podcasts like this so that we can watch the commanders so that we can care about the commanders so that we can have barbecues so that we can have summer vacations so that we can have beach trips and so that we can let loose with a beer or two in a safe and responsible manner. 
those that have paid the, the, the price, the ultimate price, and those that have sacrificed their lives, because even if you haven't paid the ultimate price, you've still sacrificed your life for our country, for our freedoms, for the right and the ability to do that, like David has, and like so many of you out there have, we obviously can't thank you enough. We obviously can't do enough to recognize that. And I said at the very beginning, hope you had a happy weekend, but Memorial Day, Monday, which is, again, the day that I'm recording this, uh, depending on when you watch this, maybe Tuesday, what have you. It's never a happy Memorial Day. A lot of people say that. It's never a happy Memorial Day. Think about that. There's nothing really happy about except that we get the benefit from the sacrifices of others. We all need to remember that. The next time something in our life doesn't go right or we think we have it hard, myself included. And we all need to remember that when Carson Wentz throws an interception or when the commanders lose a game or when they don't spend money on a free agent that we want or something like that. So that being said, we recognize and honor David's sacrifice, his family, and also, again, those of you that may be watching or listening to this that are serving and or have served, we thank you. We recognize the price that you paid so that we could do what we do and honor that sacrifice, whether it was the ultimate sacrifice or not. It really does not matter, at least in my eyes. Uh, we thank you and we recognize you and we appreciate you. That being said, we begin the show uh, with this. A retirement in the Washington Commander's front office. This is a late add to the script. Donnie Warren, who, of course, helped the then Redskins win uh, a Super Bowl uh, way back when. Um, of course, uh, I, I, more a Super Bowl. They, he helped them win all their Super Bowls. Forgot about that. Uh, Donnie was part of four Super Bowl teams um, and win – uh, three and won three of them. And in his post-playing career, uh, he has served as a pro scout for the Redskins, then the Carolina Panthers, where he, of course, worked with Ron Rivera and Marty Herney and so many others, and then came back to Washington shortly after Ron uh, came here in 2020 uh, and joined the front office as a pro scout uh, there. So Donnie Warren a fourth-round pick in 1979, uh, a good man uh, who I've, I, I got to you know, talk to uh, not too long ago, um, is retiring this week, according to Neil Stratton of Inside the League. I wasn't aware of that until uh, recently, but you know, at the end of the month here, maybe his contract up. Uh, this is generally around the time that contracts are renewed and are expiring for scouts and all of that. Uh, so Donnie Warren going to say goodbye to the NFL. Uh, and retire, we wish him the very best. The Commanders are back on the field for the second week of OTAs uh, on Tuesday, and the media is allowed to attend on Wednesday morning. David and I both plan on 
being at the Inova Sports Performance Center in Ashburn on Wednesday morning. It's expected to be super, super, super hot uh, for the Virginia area. Now, if you missed David's solo episodes from last week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he did a breakdown, an extensive breakdown of his observations from being field view uh, at last week's OTA, which was on Tuesday while I was gone in Canton, Ohio with my daughter uh, and her high school graduation. So uh, please go back and check all of that out for David's observations. I know he had a, a bunch of thoughts on Carson Wentz and the rookies and so on and so forth and the guys that missed. Uh, now, you know, what we need to see, what we want to see, what we expect to see, keeping in mind that, again, when you watch one practice a week, you really can't tell anything. It's hard to tell something when you watch practice after practice after practice. But at least you have something to build on. At least you have a rhythm. At least you have, like, a something to compare. When you're watching one practice a week and when a bunch of players aren't there because they're not contractually obligated to be there, and when it's May on the calendar or June, um, such was will be the case on Wednesday, again, it's really hard to tell and build on anything and take anything super significant. But I guess the questions that I would have going into this week two of the OTA period is, you know, again, we mentioned the weather is supposed to crank up, right? Uh, provided that they're outside and that they don't just practice indoors in the climate control bubble. Are the players in good shape? You know, are they able to handle the heat? Even with a heavy rotation of players, so many players in camp and in the offseason program, right? You don't have to play every snap. You don't have to play a lot of snaps, quite honestly. Um, and the question will be is when they have practice for a couple of days a week, right, what impact will they have? Well, we'll get to see, I guess, the second practice of the week, uh, and we'll see if there's any cramps, muscle pulls, uh, you know, dehydration issues, that type of thing. Uh, nothing that hasn't been done before, nothing that can't be worked through. Um, what you don't want is a bunch of guys pulling up and having, again, muscle pulls or, or, or situations like that. Remember, right around now, last year, maybe a little bit earlier, is when Curtis Samuel first got hurt with the groin. So, again, something to keep in mind. Yes, an injury that occurs in May doesn't have to be a torn ACL to knock somebody out for the year or to render them virtually useless. It can be a problem all along. It can start in May, or in this case, early June, and last all season. So that's something to keep in mind, something that's important. Will Carson Wentz be sharp? I know he had an interception last week. I did not see the video of it. Don't know if it was a bad interception, good interception, whatever. Some aren't bad, I guess, is the best way I could put it. Um but he was fairly sharp based on what I read and what was reported and, and, and all of that. Uh, will he be better in terms of timing and rhythm with his teammates, right? More practice, more work, more reps, more uh, intimate knowledge, if you will. Um, yeah, I think he should. And I think, you know, you should look for an ascension, right? Uh, not every practice is going to be great. I've seen a lot of terrible, terrible practices over the years, just some awful practices from, you know, quite honestly, 
all sorts of quarterbacks from Taylor Heineke to Ryan Fitzpatrick to the late Dwayne Haskins to Kirk Cousins to uh, Alex Smith um, and everything in between. Robert Griffin III, oh, my gosh. I mean, so many bad practices where a quarterback was just completely out of whack and completely out of rhythm. And you don't think that's possible without a real live pass rush and without certainly any contact, but it is. Guys struggle and struggle bad. Sometimes they struggle more than they might struggle in a game situation. But I want to see Carson Wentz again. This will be my first time in person at ground level watching him. So I'll be watching him closely to see what what I see, you know, in a, in a burgundy and gold uniform uh, to see what I see. And we don't expect Terry McLaurin to be there, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. But he's still got to perform, and he's still got to be accurate. And the timing and the ball positioning uh, and, and the rhythm, all of that, red zone work, important, ball location. So we mentioned Terry McLaurin. That situation still is unresolved as of now. Nobody expects that to change immediately. Uh, will Chase Young, Deron Payne, McLaurin, or Montez Sweat be there? Will they be on the sideline? Will they not be there at all? Is that a big deal or no big deal to you? I, it's it's no big deal to a lot of people, right, because they're simply not obligated to be there. However, I would just add this. Just because you're not obligated to do something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. That's it. Just because you're not obligated doesn't mean that you shouldn't be a good teammate, that you shouldn't be a good member of the organization and be there for at least moral support, if not to actually participate. Um, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because that's such a polarizing issue until we figure it out contractually. We're just not going to have any resolution on that. There's always going to be uh, problems. Coming up, we move fully from the name game to the stadium game. And I'm confused as hell. Maybe you are too. We'll try and explain next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, which is now set between Boston and Golden State. Of course, Golden State going to be the favorite as we enter game one later on this week. Will the Seas be able to pull the upset? Will Steph Curry be able to win an NBA Finals MVP for the first time in his illustrious NBA career? All the odds, all the props, all the action available for you on Bet Online. Of course, along with that, you have the Stanley Cup playoffs, you have Major League Baseball action, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head on to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view each and every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So where are we at in the stadium search for the commanders? Well, it, it's confusing. I mean, it, it's the only way to say it, right? Uh, a vote is coming up. We think, we, we think there's another big thing, uh, scheduled right now for Wednesday, June 1st, in addition to the day that will be out, uh, again for the second week of, uh, commanders OTAs for the general assembly in Virginia. Now, if the, proposal is actually voted on and there is some confusion as to whether it will even be voted on because there's multiple bills multiple i should say multiple proposals uh in the commonwealth through the assembly uh on different sides that are being combined and hashed out worked on by the time you watch this maybe we'll have some sort of further resolution before the actual vote again which is thought to be thought to be coming this wednesday june 1st now If they vote yes, affirmative, that's really good for the commanders. Doesn't guarantee that the stadium will be built in the Commonwealth of Virginia, but it's a really good news sign for the commanders. If they don't vote at all, that's problematic because my understanding, based on others reporting, including Eric Flack of WUSA 9 uh, and others, that they wouldn't be able to then vote on a financial package once again, because this is a special uh, gathering of the General Assembly, is basically the the nuts and bolts of it. They wouldn't be able to vote again until sometime early next year, if not a couple of months into next year. If it's rejected and the proposal, whatever, maybe it's both, maybe it's one, we'll have to see how it comes out. If it's rejected, that's going to be problematic, too. Why? Because then the commanders would not have help from the Commonwealth of Virginia guaranteed until at least sometime in 2023. Now, Commander's Team President Jason Wright said in a statement, quote, We are incredibly eager to continue our work with legislative leaders in Virginia and other jurisdictions. Remember, they're constantly trying to keep Maryland, D.C., and Virginia all a part of this because a bidding war theoretically should benefit the commanders. The bill being crafted in the Virginia General Assembly, said Wright, would pave the way for us to engage in meaningful discussions with state local leaders in the Commonwealth on their economic development goals and how our new venue can dramatically support those objectives, end quote. Notice how Jason is saying, listen, this isn't about us, guys. This isn't about the commander's new stadium. Yes, we need a new stadium. This is about how our new stadium can help you. This is not about how you can help us. This is about how our new stadium, our new destination spot can help you and your economic development. See, Jason's a smart guy. He's not going to say, yeah, we need, we need you. He's going to say, no, actually, you need us. Now, there's been a lot of debate and a lot of statements. Um, Chap 
uh, Peterson, uh, a, a state senator uh, based in uh, Fairfax, uh, he is, has come out very publicly and said he's against it. I'm supposed to talk to him uh, sometime this week, so hopefully we'll be able to bring you uh, some of that conversation if we can get him to you know, do it where it's good for us in terms of the video and all that uh, stuff because that's how we have to do things. Um, he has spoken very loudly against it on the radio and in, in other statements and forms. Uh, however, while there are other senators and other uh, congressmen, and, or I shouldn't say congressmen, uh, politicians that are and have come out against it, uh, there are a couple, there are a couple that have been quoted in various media outlets like the Washington Post that have said, no, 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 wait a second, I, th- I feel good about this. One is Delegate Luke Torian, a Democrat from Prince William County, okay? He said, quote, I feel very confident that we still have a majority in both chambers to pass the legislation. Okay, he said the project would bring a, quote unquote, an economic infusion into the Commonwealth of Virginia for many years to come. Um, Another one, Lamont Bagby, a Democrat from Henrico County down in the Richmond area. Quote, this is not about what we can do for the commanders. This is about Virginians finally getting a team. Virginia fans deserve to reap all of the benefits of a team and hope that this will be the first of more to come. Okay. So it seems like those guys are certainly a positive in favor, what have you, whether they have enough clout. I don't know. I don't know enough about the political structure, and I'm being honest with you. Um, as we mentioned, there's a pair of bills that are circulating through the General Assembly, whether it will be melded into one bill in time or not, whether they'll be voted separate bills. I'm not sure whether we'll even have a vote at all on Wednesday. Again, we don't know as of this recording. We know this, that the support, the financial package has whittled from some one billion dollars down to somewhere between just south of 300 million and maybe around 350 million as a top end. Right. From tax generated by the stadium. However, again, maybe a lower number, while that would be punitive to some degree, that might help the bill pass for the commanders. And again, remember this. Supposedly, according to multiple reports, the money, if it's passed from Virginia, the money goes towards the construction of the stadium which some have estimated in the $1 billion range. I think it's going to be a lot more than that, but maybe I'm wrong, uh, just, just based on reality, common sense, and based on past history of new stadiums. I think it's going to be a lot more than $1 billion. I, That's me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe they can do it cheaper. I have no idea. But remember, in Virginia, supposedly the money, if it gets passed, is going to go towards the construction of the stadium, whereas in Prince George's County in Maryland, on the current footprint of FedEx Field, or the FedEx Field property, I should say, where they would intend to build the new stadium, none of the money that Prince George's County and the state of Maryland has offered up, promised, is going towards the construction of the stadium, meaning Dan is going to have to privately finance that. So Virginia, theoretically, is still in the lead because the commanders, they don't want to pay for the the village, if you will, around uh, Danny's world, if you will. Um, they want others to pay for that. They want to build that as a destination center because they understand that just a football stadium 
is not a good usage of property and, and state funds. They want to build this entertainment district because they look at it as that's the lure. That's the recruitment tool. But they also have to buy the land in Virginia to operate this. So they would get theoretically some money for whatever is built on their land. Um, they don't have to buy the land in Prince George's County because they already own the land. But in Virginia, again, supposedly, if the money goes through, they're getting help with the stadium. In Maryland, they wouldn't be getting help from the stadium. So it's whatever package is best and however they weigh it in terms of what's going to happen for the future. Coming up next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast, the top three, according to Pro Football Focus, Com. For the Washington Commanders, that's on the docket next. Stay with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we welcome you back on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. And just as we wrap up the show on this um, Memorial Day Monday when I'm recording this, you may be watching this on Tuesday or or some other day. Uh, Either way, we appreciate you watching and or listening. So the three best players on the Washington Commanders roster currently, according to Pro Football Focus, um, is Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, and neither of those two teams' names, I should say, should surprise uh, anybody. The third name is Chase Young. That is a little bit surprising. We know he's got the highest ceiling. We know he had a very strong second half of his rookie year. Everything outside of that has been average, mediocre, a mishmash at best. Injuries have been a problem. But then a lot of other issues, lack of production, lack of structure. Uh, and we, we've talked about this over and over and over again. We all know that Chase Young still could develop into being a big-time pass rusher, but the pressure is now on him officially, big time. Uh, as PFF noted, the strength of the Washington roster, as has been the case for the last several years, is along the defensive line. The unit was hamstrung by injuries to Young and uh, Montez Sweat last season, but the hope is that we'll see a full-strength uh, unit in 2022 as the commanders starting two edge rushers try and take another step forward towards being elite. Absolutely, that's true. But guess what? What they're ignoring, again, what they're not paying attention to necessarily is all of the other ancillary issues that popped up uh, in terms of Chase Young and maybe some of his leadership. And, again, not being at OTAs last year, this year so far. Um, the injury, coming back from that, and the lack of structure and discipline that was very, very noticeable when Ron Rivera pointed it out at the midway point of last season, and it was noticeable before that when Ron was delicately jabbing and poking the bear. I mean, anybody that was paying attention knew what he was talking about. That was mostly Chase Young, some Montez Sweat as well. Uh, so those guys are going to have to, of course, step up and step up in structure, stay healthy, be structured, and also explode together, not just one, together. 
As PFF notes, Jonathan Allen, of course, listen, he's the best player on the team probably, right? Um, the only interior defensive lineman with a higher PFF pass rushing grade than Allen over the last two seasons are Aaron Donald, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, and Javon Hargrave of the Eagles. So that's a little thought on Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, and, of course, McLaurin, as they point out, listen, one of the worst quarterbacks, we all know that, right? Uh, but yet he's managed to put up over 3,000 combined receiving yards, 16 touchdowns, um, and he's only dropped five, according to PFF, of 254 targets. We all know how good Terry is. We all know Terry's got to get paid. We all know Terry's been victimized by having terrible quarterbacks. Hopefully this is the right year for Terry. But Washington's got to get him paid before the price gets any more out of hand. That is a big-time Big time problem. Uh, they said also considered Montez Sweat, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson the third, Chase Roulier, and Charles Leno, not mentioned. Antonio Gibson, not mentioned. Deron Payne, not mentioned. Cam uh, Carson Wentz. Take that for what it's worth. All right, thanks again, uh, Commanders fans, for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Now make the Locked On NFL podcast your second listen and view. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, uh, Tony Wiggins, plus Locked On uh, NFL local hosts representing all 32 squads. There's no off-season for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we'll be back together uh, for a fresh episode before we head out to OTAs at Command Central. Stay tuned for that. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577, or Locked On Washington Commanders at Gmail. Dot com. Again, for David Harrison, uh, who is uh, off on this particular edition, and again, we remember the sacrifice that he and so many others uh, ultimately paid to pre- uh, represent our country and to keep us safe and free as best we possibly can. Uh, we thank him and thank you for that. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.